Awesome. Hey, welcome everybody. I do have to apologize because we actually played, accidentally played the wrong thing. That was actually a live stream of the nursery. Um, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get our summer blockbuster ready. Uh, thank you for laughing. Uh, yeah, I do write my own jokes in case anyone was, was wondering. Well, hey, welcome everybody to Summer Blockbusters. Welcome to Joy Church. If you haven't been here before, I want to give you a warm greeting. My name is Jake and my wife Bethany and I are the pastors here. And from uh, on behalf of us and the whole team here, we just welcome you. Hope your experience is so awesome. And I know God is moving and at work even through crazy, cool superhero movies today. So how many of you are fans of Marvel, fans of Avengers? Yeah, come on. It's, it's cool. And uh, how many movies are there? Like 30 or 40 now or something? So it's a commitment to really uh, go through all of it. Um, but I know I heard some people recently were saying they were going to go through the whole canon of movies. And uh, Bethany had said, you know, I think we want to do that too. So that'll be a lot of fun. But I love Avengers and it's so cool because superheroes by themselves are really cool. Am I right? You know, Batman is cool. He's, I know he's not Marvel geeks. Come on. People are like, he's not even in the same universe. I'm just listing <laughs> superheroes, et cetera, et cetera. But Spider-Man and Iron Man and Batman and Superman, all these different superheroes are really cool in their own right. But then when they come together, like in Avengers, it's amazing, right? And it gets so epic and so incredible. I actually enjoyed watching the new Spider-Man movie because it was a little bit less epic because this whole Avengers thing has really ramped it up. How many of you are just like, we've seen it all now? Like you can't blow anything up any bigger. I mean, even like the end of the world and all this kind of stuff, it's become so epic, they have to ramp it back down. But it's so cool when you have superheroes coming together who in their own right are absolutely amazing, but when you bring them together, it's even cooler. And what's awesome about this and where it applies to us is that this is actually how God designed the church to be. It's a group of people who in their own right are really amazing. You know, we talk about this a lot here at Joy Church that you were made on purpose and for a purpose. Do we switch these signs back and forth week to week? Because I always, I get really crisscrossed, you know, uh, which way, but we believe you were made on purpose and for a purpose. Every one of us is created in the image of God and designed with purpose and designed with gifting and calling. And it's really cool. Each of us individually is pretty awesome. Everybody pat yourself on the back. I'm pretty awesome. Uh, but God designed us to come together in a team. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Just like the Avengers, God wants to bring really uniquely gifted and called people together into a team to accomplish his dream, a dream that's greater than anybody can accomplish in and of themselves in their own uh, strength. We are designed to work together in a team. Now, I don't know about you, but I used to, uh, I used to go to the gym and you're like, we can tell it was used to. Yeah, past tense, uh, go to the gym. And one of the things I would do at the gym, I used to go to a place called 24-Hour Fitness, right? For me, it was 24-Minute Fitness. <laughs> That's about as much time as I spent there total. But uh, I would go to the gym and I didn't want to work out on the machines because it's hard. And, uh, and so what I would do is I would go to this gym and I would play basketball, pick up basketball. And how many of you men in here have, you have dreams or let's say delusions of grandeur and you think like, yeah, I have a future in this. For me, the only future in basketball is hurt ankles, right? And, and rubbing uh, against other sweaty people as we play this gladiatorial sport. Um, anyways, I would go play pickup basketball at 24-Hour Fitness, and I would go at night. And if you've done this, really any basketball, pickup basketball game anywhere in the United States, uh, anytime in the last 20 years, you are going to encounter this particular guy. And some of you might know who this guy is that I'm talking about. It's that guy. He's always 5'6 or 5'7. 
he always wears a lot of sweatbands, like on his wrist, on his head. You, sometimes even he even comes with the shorts that are way high. And this guy who's like 5'7", he thinks he's Michael Jordan and he tries to play every position simultaneously. You know what I mean? He's the guy that steals the ball from you and you're on his team. And he's like, thanks for that pass, man. Sweet assist. You're like, I didn't give you the ball, idiot. Like I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to work out here. And uh, thank you, uh, Jordan, but like, let me play. And you, you know what I mean? It's like that guy and he's trying to do everything simultaneously. He's like, you know, he, every time he gets the ball, he just chucks it up from no matter where he is, never makes it. He's like, oh, I'll get it next time. Yeah, you gotta, gotta shoot till you, you loosen it up. And you're like, who are you, right? It's the person who doesn't understand they're playing a team sport. Now, I have been guilty of being this guy uh, different times. For me, this manifests when I play volleyball. How many of you have ever played volleyball? You know, church picnic or something, you're playing volleyball. And this spirit of like not being, a, understanding you're playing a team sport manifests heavily in me when I play volleyball because there's this primal urge to go and get the ball no matter where it's going, right? And then like, this always happens where you might have uh, a girl, you know, playing with you or a lady. And then the guys are like, oh, I have to get the ball, you know, and like, don't understand. And most of the girls I played with growing up were way better than me. Like I would look ridiculous and also not score, right? And people are like, dude, you know how to set it? No, I don't know how to set it. My only skill is being tall. That's my only skill in volleyball. And yet when the, when the ball is coming over, it's like I turn into Fido and I have to fetch. You know what I mean? I just can't help it and run right to the ball. And what always happens is you run over there. And even if you make an amazing, it's not literally amazing, but it feels amazing. You know, you save it, you hit it with your hand and they're like, you're carrying. You're like, shut up. And you hit it. And then all of a sudden the place that you just left is the place where they hit the ball too. And the other team scores. So how many of you know what I'm talking about? When you, th these people are this kind of thing that we even get into where you're, you're not playing your position. You're not understanding about team. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people think, well, if I work together with others, if I really, you know, get into this thing about teamwork and understanding uh, that I'm part of a team, then it diminishes me. But that's actually not true at all. Just like in the Avengers, Thor is not less awesome because he works with, uh, his name, Peter Star-Lord. He's not, he's not less awesome because he works together with Iron Man. Together, they're better than they are apart, right? And it in no way diminishes one another to work together. So don't be that guy. Don't be the guy who's stealing the ball from his own teammates. Uh, work together in a team. And it doesn't diminish your gifts. Let's jump into the word today. I want to read you guys a passage in Romans chapter 12, where the apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Rome, and he's talking about what it looks like and, and to be part of the team, to be part of the church. And he says in Romans chapter 12, verse four, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. He goes on, he says in verse six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And this is a key phrase that we're gonna lock into today to understand that each and every one of us has been given a specific and a certain gift you haven't been given all the gifts, but you've been given a gift or, or, or certain gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, he's giving some examples of gifts that you could be given. If you're given the gift to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. This is not my gift. 
So if you feel discouraged, just understand, I don't have all the gifts. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that was a bad joke. But anyways, if it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. God has given each and every one of us a certain gift for doing certain things well. And we're called to work together as part of the team. Now we're going to talk about uh, working together as part of a team. We're going to talk about being connected to each other next week. I won't spoil what our movie is because I know we're going to play a trailer at the end. But today I want to talk about this reality that everybody has been given a gift and really your gift is called to operate and to shine and to be uh, brought out into the world in the context of team. You see, we live in a very individualistic culture and I won't go into the boring details about the progression of society and how Western society developed this very individualistic philosophic perspective on life. But let's just say it this way. We, we tend to see everything in life through the lens of our individualism. And so even today in culture, we interpret things like morality and ethics and politics, not through the lens of, um, of team necessarily, but we interpret it sort of individualistically. How does this ap apply to me? And when it comes to things like faith and even being a Christian, we've made it very personal and individual. Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Is Jesus, have you invited him into your heart? Do you, do you have a relationship with God? And it's very individual, which is fine, but it's missing part of the, the picture, which is that when you are saved, when Jesus, when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're actually saved into something. You're saved out of sin. You're saved out of your own personal failure in your past, but you're actually saved and brought into something, which is what we call the church. And it's referenced here as the body of Christ. That, you, that you're not just like a disembodied hand, sort of, you know, walking around like something from the Adams family, but you're brought into a body. You're connected. And when you're saved, you're actually brought into something that we call the church. And so there's, yes, there's an individual aspect, but there's also a community aspect, okay? And if we don't understand that aspect of community and team and being connected and how we're supposed to function, we're gonna miss out. So here's uh, one of the principles I wanna share with you today. Number one, God chooses to work through a team. God decided in his wisdom to use a team to be the vehicle by which he reveals himself and by which he operates in the world. God didn't just pick one person and say, this is my servant, Landon, who is perfect in all of his ways. His wife knows that's not true, but, you know, and I will use him to, to bring, to be the vehicle of all change. You know, he didn't do that. He works through a team. God works through families. You see how God worked with generations in the, in the scriptures. He worked with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. God is at work. He's not just working in uh, me, Jacob Schmelzer. He's also working in my offspring, my kids through Evelyn and Penelope and Jack. He has a plan for generations. Come on. God has a plan but it works through team. It doesn't just work through one person, okay? Now, this is good and bad, and I'll tell you why. It's good because not everything is hanging on just you, right? But it's bad because everything is hanging on you as part of the team. In other words, if God wants to work through team and you're like, nah, I'm a solo player. I just do my own thing. I'm a maverick. I just do my own thing. I'm just out in the wind, you know, do my own thing. I don't know why a maverick talks like that, but they do. I'm a rebel without a cause. Like, no, you're, you're supposed to work part of the team. And if you don't, then you're actually hurting what God wants to do in the world, okay? So God chooses to work through a team. And here's a principle to understand about this. Nobody has all of what it takes or what, what, what the world needs. Nobody has every gift. Just like in the Avengers, man, there's some pretty incredible superheroes. Iron Man, pretty incredible. Uh, Thor, pretty incredible. But individually, they're not enough 
to do what needs to get done. And in the same way inside of the church, not everybody, not one person has it all. Nobody gets all the gifts. We actually need each other. Did you know that? We actually need each other. I don't have all the truth, all the wisdom, all the insight, all of the perspective, all of the gifting. And, and, and most of you would, that know me know I don't even have much of those things, right? We need each other because together we become the, the real body of Christ, the representation of what God wants to do. So God chooses to work through a team. Number two, God has given you a gift. And I want to spend some time on this and kind of focus in where it says, in Romans chapter uh, 12, verse six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. You need to know that God has given you a gift. And we're gonna talk about how to operate in this gift and even discover this gift. But you know, one of the lies that many of us believe is this lie that God does, has not given us a gift, that we are nothing special. See, before you can join the team of superheroes, you have to connect with the reality that you are a superhero right? You have to connect with the reality that you were made on purpose and for a purpose. And so many of us oftentimes are allowing our destiny and our calling and all the good things that God wants to do in us and through us to be suppressed by our own insecurity, right? And what, what causes insecurity? Well, insecurity uh, really is just kind of the opposite of faith. Faith is agreeing with God about what, about what he says you are, who he says you are, and what he's called you to do. So listen, if God comes and he says, I've given you a gift and I've called you to do, uh, I've called you to do X, Y, Z. I've called you to start a business. I've called you to plant a church. I've called you to, to be a person that loves others. I've called you to prophesy. I've given you this gift. And we say, well, no, not really. What you're doing is you're disagreeing with God and you're operating outside of faith. Okay, faith is just agreeing with God. God, you said, so even if I don't feel it, I'm still gonna walk in it. Come on. God, even if I don't feel it, I don't walk just by my feelings. I don't walk uh, just by sight, what I can see, what I can perceive and understand. I walk by faith. I agree with you, even in the midst of not understanding everything about what you've called me to do. Listen, if you, if you always waited to do what God called you to do and to be who God called you to be until you felt it, you'd never do anything. Because the people that do great things, they don't feel confident. They don't feel like they have it all together. They simply are responding in faith to God. So you need to believe that God has given you a gift. You say, Pastor Jake, why should I believe it? Why should I believe it? Because it says so in the word. It says so right here, plain as day. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So we're gonna talk about how to do this. Okay, we're gonna talk about how to put this into action, but we need to respond in faith and say, okay, I might not know what it is, but God has put inside of me a superpower. And it might be latent, it might not be activated yet, but it's there, a gift for doing something well. It could be to prophesy, could be to be a leader, could be a teacher, could be encouragement, whatever it may be. But if you don't know what it is yet, or you, don't, you haven't activated it yet, or you're not operating in it, doesn't mean you don't have a gift. It just means that you haven't discovered it yet and haven't gotten it into action, okay? But we need to agree with God that he's given us each a specific gift and we need to have faith and agree with God. And the number three principle that I wanted to share out of this passage is this, that without you, we're missing something, okay? So take these three things together. God chooses to work through team. He, he's putting together a dream team to accomplish something in the world. God has given each team player, each person on the team, a specific gift. So we're gonna go into that in a second about discovering that and figuring that out. And then number three, if I don't put my gift into action, I'm actually hurting the team. I'm actually depriving the world of what God wants to do through me. 
<clears throat> I want you to imagine, for any of us that are sports fans, or we could probably come up with another analogy, but I'm too lazy, so I'll just keep using sports today. Uh, if you're a sports fan, imagine you're watching the Oregon Ducks and it's a national championship game, and here's Justin Herbert, our star quarterback, and we're like, Justin, Justin, and he decides in the fourth quarter, you know, I've actually had enough. Um, I'm, I'm actually pretty tired. We've already played three quarters, and I know we're down by seven, and I'm the best quarterback, but I'm going to go ahead and sit on the bench, and we're going to let number two come in. After all, I want to be a good team player, and I want to let other people do their thing, and we would all be like, no, right? Right? Because we need that gift in operation. Now, I want you to think about yourself. You might go, well, I'm not the star player. Well, you don't know that. Well, I'm not the key to victory. Well, you don't know that. You see, you might go, well, Pastor Jake, you know, even if I don't come to church next Sunday, you're still going to be up there preaching. Yeah, but you know what? I have a particular gift and my particular gift is going to operate. But without your gift, our team does not win without your gift. So it actually matters, you guys. When I say, listen, God is choosing to work through team. He's given each of us a specific gift. It matters that each of us get it going, get it, get it in application, get it deployed, because without you, without your gift, without your perspective, without your uh, investment, without your contribution, our team is actually missing something. Because if, if, if God hadn't actually given you a gift, then we wouldn't be missing something, but he did. Therefore, we are. All right. So how do we get our gift into action? I want to give you some application principles today, some application points that we can put this message into motion. We can actually do something with it. What I want to teach you today is called the 3D process, the 3D process. And it's three Ds that we need to go through in order, and the order matters. Three Ds to put this message into action. Number one, discover. Number two, deploy. Number three, develop. And this has to do with your gifting. Number one, we are to discover what our gifting is, to understand it, right? To discover what it is, to have a, re a revelation. God, this is what you've given to me. And then number two, we are to put it into action, right? We're to deploy it. We're actually to start using it. And then number three, to develop our gift. Now, let me just talk a little bit about each of these three things. Number one, discover out of this 3D process. Every one of us is on a journey in this walk with God that we're on. Whether you're a follower of Christ yet or not, uh, we are all discovering who we are, who God is, who he's made us to be, and what part we have in the story. Now, any story worth reading, the character doesn't just go through an external crisis, but they also go through an internal crisis or an external journey, but an internal journey. Like just take a, a story apart for a second. Let's talk about Lord of the Rings. And I love Lord of the Rings. I'm a super geek. I read the whole trilogy on our honeymoon. So anyways, true story. Uh, I love Lord of the Rings. I've read it many, many times, read the Silmarillion many times. I don't speak Elvish. I'm not a super geek, but I am geeky. So Lord of the Rings, you've got, you've got uh, Bilbo Baggins and Frodo, these hobbits. And there's kind of two simultaneous tracks happening inside of the story. So when you take Frodo, uh, Frodo is sort of inherits the one ring of power and he discovers that he, that he, because he's carrying this, like he has a responsibility to destroy this ring, okay? And what we see in the story is not just Frodo's quest, to go and totally kick butt and, and not die. That's a lot of it is just them trying not to die, um, which is a nice pursuit in life as well. Um, trying not to die, kicking orc butt, you know, trying to defeat the enemy. But there's something that's happening, not just external victory, but Frodo is being shaped and changed internally 
And he's discovering, he's on this journey to figure out what he's really made of and who he really is, okay? Now in life, we're all participating in this grand story. And there's not just the external things, you know, good and bad things that go on in life and different things that take place. But there's also internally a journey of discovery. And so the first step in this 3D process as we talk about connecting our gift to the team is we have to figure out what it is and who we are and what part we have to play, right? And let me just tell you, one of the greatest gifts that you can be given and that you can give others is the gift of self-awareness. How many of you would say, yeah, I'd appreciate if more people were self-aware? Like be aware of where you are on the freeway in relationship to other cars. Be self-aware that when you're talking to somebody, if you're two inches from their face, you're too close. Some of you need to learn that gift. Get that gift of self-awareness in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? If you're the kind of person that pins people to the wall and you're talking to them for 20 minutes about your cat, they want to die. You need to be self-aware. Come on. Now, I do the same thing. I start talking about Sasquatch and ghost stories and people are like, oh my God, I want to die. Please leave me alone. This is uncomfortable. And they're trying to back away. I'm like, no, let me tell you more. Let me tell you more. Let me tell you more. We need to have self-awareness. Come on. But self-awareness, let's talk about it in a serious sense. Self-awareness is knowing who I am in God knowing what I am supposed to do and, and where I'm supposed to do it and how I'm supposed to do it and who I'm supposed to do it with. Self-awareness is a tremendous gift. Discover your gift. This is the first step in the 3D process. Now, the beautiful thing about this is that we as a church have, have built a system and actually built an environment to foster your journey of discovery. Now, you might think, well, this just happens on Sundays. Like we just show up and there's this church service and it just sort of pops into existence. No, actually there's a lot of thought and intentionality put into this whole thing that we're doing that the design is to get each and every one of us to discover who we are in God so that we can continue to move forward in our destiny. Come on, that we're always looking to take the next step with Jesus. So this word or these two words down here at the bottom of this banner where it says next track, we've made an environment, a four-week environment that is designed to help you discover who you are in God. Now, listen, you're like, okay, I've done four-week classes before at church, or I get it. You're going to tell me, you know, this is what you have to do as a person of joy at church, and you have to do this and that or whatever. No, the, the ultimate goal of Next Track is to get you to get a clearer perspective of Jesus and a clearer perspective of you in relationship. There literally is nothing more exciting, exhilarating, passion generating in life than your journey of discovery to say, this is who I am in God. This is the purpose I was designed for. Come on. If you ever suffer from boredom, if you ever suffer from a lack of fulfillment, if you ever suffer from not confusion, not knowing what to do next, the reason why is because you need to continue to discover who you are, why you exist, your purpose you were created for, and how you fit as part of God's grand story. Number one, discover. So listen, if you're sitting here today and you're like, okay, awesome, this is where I am. Stop listening to everything that I'm gonna say next. Literally shut your ears. No, 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 no. Your next step is to discover, to discover. Come on, if you have not gone to next track, go to next track. You're like, well, I'm already a Christian. I'm not gonna learn anything new. Well, not with that attitude. You're like, you made up this character in your head and I had an argument with them. Do it all the time, right? <laughs> If you, if you have not gone through this, like go in and say, or if you did go through and you still don't know, go through again. 
Until Jesus speaks to you clearly, this is who you are. Until it's clear to you, I get it. I see that God is calling me this. I'm, I'm discovering my gift. Okay, number two, deploy, deploy. Once I discover, once I begin to get a glimpse, you don't have to discover it in, to in total. Frodo didn't learn everything up front. They didn't explain to him every single thing at the Fellowship of the Ring Council. And then he goes, no, he, he deployed his gift. He stepped into his ministry. He stepped into his activity. He deployed his gift. And that was also part of the journey of discovery. But as you get a glimpse of what God's called you to do, and as you begin to see, yes, I think I might have this particular gift that God has given to me, then immediately put it into action. Don't wait for someday, start today. Let me tell you about what happens when we're putting things off. Someday I will do X, Y, Z. Someday I will deal with uh, my physical fitness. Someday I will eat better. Someday what happens then is it, ne it never happens, right? Until you say, today I'm going to start counting calories. Today I'm going to start going to the gym. Today I'm going to talk to that girl and ask her to marry me. Today is when things happen, not someday. Come on. A lot of people live in tomorrow land, right? Tomorrow I'll do such and such. On Monday I'll do X, Y, Z. And those people are living really in a fantasy world. Deluded, aren't they, right? Well, someday I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with my schedule. I'm so overwhelmed and so busy, but I'm too busy to deal with my schedule. That's lunacy. You gotta deal with it today. The only time you ever can do anything is in the present. You can't ever do something in the future because the future is always now. Do you understand? No, you don't understand. Okay, let me keep talking until we all understand. You can't, I can't go into, the, I can't do something tomorrow. If I wait until that point and then I really do it, then I'm actually doing it in the now. So there's no, no such thing as doing something in the future. You're always only able to do something right now at the exact moment that you're doing it. Therefore, when it comes to deploying your gift as a follower of Christ, when it comes to beginning to serve inside of God's church as part of the team, when it comes to beginning to be a giver of your, of your finances and of your time and of your energy, when it comes to being activated as a follower of Jesus, you don't have tomorrow, you have today. And you need to start now. So we discover and then we deploy. And it goes in that order. And then number three, we develop. Now here's what our natural brain would say. I discover, I develop, and then I deploy. Well, that's wrong. We discover and as we start to catch a glimpse, then we immediately take action because that creates catalytic action that leads to us developing. A stopped parked car, it doesn't matter how much you turn the wheel side to side. You're not going anywhere. It's in the activity of motion that you have direction and intentionality and actually can go from side to side. Are you with me? So we have to discover, we, get, we get, catch a glimpse, we begin to lean in, God begins to speak to us, we begin to get activated, then we immediately deploy. So the first time you get a glimpse of who you are, you immediately rush in and you know what? You're gonna fail. But in the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as failure. There's winning and there's learning. You with me? Well, I started serving in nursery and then Becca and Nate had to come and tell me that I was doing a bad job and apparently, you know, I wasn't supposed to be doing this. Great, you didn't fail, you learned. And now you get to get back in the game and you get to win. Come on, you with me? Amen. Well, I'm just, I'm, I need to develop. I need to develop. I need to develop. No, you're waiting for tomorrow, but you can't do tomorrow. You can do today. So we discover, we deploy, and then we're brought into this process where we develop. Because as you continue to discover and deploy your gift, God will develop you more and more. So let me just ask you right now, are you caught in the trap of putting it discover, develop, deploy? 
Because maybe today this is God speaking to you saying, look, you've put these in the wrong order. You're waiting until someday where you've been perfected. Now, now I can lead a joy group because I have everything put together. You will never get there. So we have to discover, deploy. And as we do that, then God will develop us. Yeah? Awesome. So that's our 3D process. Discover, deploy, and develop. God is building a team to accomplish a dream that is bigger than any of us can accomplish on our own. Now today, before you really discover your gift or your place, you need to understand God's love. You need to understand salvation. Understand the fact that God gave every single ounce of heaven's love and power and grace and poured it out on your behalf. And so if you're here today and you're not following Jesus, like you haven't even started this journey, you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're still trusting in your ability, your capacity to figure out life and do the right thing and fix yourself, your very first step, and we all have to take this step, is to put your trust and your faith in Christ. Now, the beautiful thing is about grace, there's like nothing at all you can do to save yourself. And so it's purely a receptive activity of saying, God, I just received what you've already done for me. That you need to know that God could not love you more. He could not be more proud of you as a person. You go, yeah, but what about all the stuff I've been doing in my life that's wrong? Well, that's that's not who you are. God sees who you are and he loves you for who you are and he will help you deal with what you do. But it starts with getting your relationship right and putting your trust and faith in him. And so every single one of us is a sinner separated from God by our mistakes and failures. But our God is gracious. He's merciful and he wants to forgive us and redeem us from all of our past and our mistakes and our sins. So if that's you today and you want to put your faith in Jesus, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand where I can see? Pastor Jake, I want to follow Jesus for real. Thank you. Thank you. I want to follow him for real. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's all pray. Dear Jesus, I put my faith and trust in you. I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me and made a way for me to be reconciled with you. I give you my life and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.